You're listening to Real People of Orange County, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. This show is a fun and informative look inside the lives of Orange County's best and brightest. These are people who serve their community in a meaningful capacity on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Well, welcome to today's edition of Real People OC, and today in my studio, it is all Greek to me. (laughs) (laughs) We have three delightful members of the Greek community here in Orange County, and I'm excited to introduce them to you, but I just want to tell you they're here for a very special reason, because we're having a Greek festival coming up in San Juan in South Orange County the weekend of Saturday, September 21st. So it's definitely a not-to-be-missed program for you to come and enjoy with us. Um, Why don't I start by introducing those folks sitting before me, Father Bill Tragus. Father Bill is um, with with St. Basil Greek Orthodox Church in San Juan, and that's Father Bill here, and also in front of me is John Bazdakis with his beautiful wife, Irene, and John is um, the owner of its Greek Dance Institute in uh, South Orange County. But John, you really help people from all over, don't you? I do. Okay, good. Um, Irene is here because Irene is a dear friend of mine and she is the coordinator of this event and we've been hearing about all the goings on behind the scenes of (coughs) pulling together a big event like a cultural celebration for the Greek community here in Orange County. So welcome, all of you. Thank you for coming. Yeah, good to be here. Good. Uh, so, okay, so I want I want to know a little bit. I'm excited. <coughs> I, you know, I, the way this all started is I was on a trip with my daughter, a school trip uh, to France. And one night, the first night we all got in, everybody was tired, exhausted, and some were hungry. <laughs> <laughs> those, those of us that were smart, we knew we wouldn't sleep unless we had a good meal. And several of the kids hung back with me, and I took them to a little area of France that just happened to have Oh, I don't know, five or six Yodo restaurants all in a row at 2 o'clock in the morning. So the administrator of the school and uh, one of the professors and several of the kids hung back, and we were delighted there in the middle of Paris with a nice Yodo sandwich to enjoy um, with some friends. But while we were sitting there, one of the young gentlemen, uh, Irene and John's son, Spiro Bazdakis, said, okay, he says, let me tell you what it's like to be Greek. (laughs) (laughs) And I just got an earful for the next hour, and I was so consumed by everything he was telling me. It was just so delightful. So the fact that you're all here to celebrate the Greek culture here in South Orange County is really exciting to me. You're sharing something that I think a lot of people would love to be a part of and would love to hear about. So why don't we just get right into it and talk a little bit about the festival. Okay. Okay. So, um, Father Bill, you want to start? This is our first year. Uh, taking on the endeavor of putting on a Greek festival and we're hoping a lot of people come and see what we have to offer the local community Uh, the Greek community of South Orange County San Juan Capistrano St. Basil's Church our volunteers have all been preparing cooking organizing hiring music practicing their dancing to put on a cultural food wine uh, Greek festival and I think it's going to be a good time and it sounds like people are excited about it I know there's a 
quite a few people from the city, the mayor, John Taylor from San Juan Capistrano and other people we've been dealing with are very excited about having a Greek festival in their town because there has never been a Greek festival in South Orange County. And uh, in San Juan Capistrano, they have a lot of festivals. They're really into having these different kind of celebrations. They have all sorts of different things that people can go to. So this is going to be something very different uh, than the usual. Okay, wonderful. Well, so, okay, Irene and John, you're over there. Just sweet, sweet as, <laughs> sweet as, sweet as uh, um, baklava. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit, and make sure you come up a little closer to the okay. microphone. Talk to me a little bit about what this means to you and to your family. This has been long in the making. Our St. Basil's has been in existence for about 10 years, and we've talked about doing an event. It's hard to believe we're finally here. It's a collective effort from a lot of people, as Father Bill said, the community, the Chamber of Commerce, our parishioners, our parishioners' friends, our, our community neighbors. Everyone's coming together, offering a hand, a support, financial support, um, anything they can do um, to make this work. We're all excited. We believe it's going to be here for a long time, many years to come. So we're really ready to put our best foot forward and have a good time with everyone. Yeah. So this is the, what, the fifth? year you said or the first oh first this year, is your yeah. first year oh and my it's goodness. uh it's not just because uh john stamos is selling greek yogurt on tv <laughs> although not. that helps <laughs> and, and and that greek yogurt is very popular right now because That's all of a sudden it, it it's the only one with protein <laughs> greek is greek is very hot actually whatever anything greek is hot because Greek's it's always been hot though don't I you know. think there are <laughs> i mean I'm, come I'm on i'm a priest but uh, there are a lot of uh hot greeks is that is that what you meant <laughs> <laughs> i'm not one of them i don't think she meant hot greek yogurt oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, that doesn't so, sound good. <laughs> anyways, but uh, whatever, anything Greek right now seems to be real popular. Even Dr. Oz talked about uh, Greek yogurt and Greek coffee and extending your life by drinking uh, Greek coffee. So, oh, I haven't heard about that. <coughs> yeah. Health benefits to Greek coffee, but not the others? Or what's what's up with that? Uh, Greek coffee is boiled. I know most people get a Starbucks coffee or something like that, and it's uh, steamed or... Uh, put through a regular filter like an American coffee, but Greek coffee is boiled. Some some people call it Turkish coffee. If you live in Morocco, you might call it Moroccan coffee. But uh, anywhere in the Mediterranean, they make a very similar cup of coffee with something called a briki, which is a little tiny coffee pot you put on an open flame, and you take very fine powdered coffee, and you mix it with sugar first, and you make yourself a Greek coffee, and recently <laughs> on the Dr. Oz show, it was one of the things you can do to extend your life, if you want to. I mean, some people are living to 90 and 100. If you want to do that, uh, Greek coffee might help you, but you might not want to do that, so So <laughs> there must be frappuccino. some health benefits to boiling it. Maybe you're extracting a little bit more of the uh, what's important. It was, in the, it was in the way it was made, I think, and, um, well, we will be selling Greek coffee, so. Oh, come out and try it. Yeah, come out and try it. It tastes good. Yeah, ever since I was a kid, uh, we would drink Greek coffee. But the, what's just so different from the traditional coffee is that it's got a big glob of uh, coffee mud at the bottom of the cup. And uh, the, the treat was that once you drank, once you were done drinking the coffee and you had all this mud at the bottom, which was your powdered uh, coffee, then you could uh, turn it upside down in the cup leave it for a couple of minutes and then they would read your cup which was your future oh. so as kids we would just love to hear <coughs> what the future was and I, I remember as a kid uh, my mom used to tell me don't go to your aunt's house 
and have her read your cup because we don't want them to know what's going on in our family. Oh my gosh, I love that. I think that's hilarious. Now, that's one of the things that, okay, so growing up in California, I have to say we're really in short supply of an ancient world culture attached to us. And I have to say, I've always kind of regretted that. You know, you see all of these families in America that um, come together with their very rich cultural traditions. And some of us just don't have it. I don't know what happened. You know, what like, what did they do? Just pluck us from the field and we just have nothing? (laughs) I don't know where it went or where it was lost, but it does happen to to some families. And then there there are those of you that are so lucky with this very rich blend of uh, family, whether you want it or not, like they say, you know, they yep. all live together in, you know, neighborhoods and they share, you know, like the, I'm thinking of the image, I'm sorry, oh gosh. We're all up the in big, each other's the business. Big Greek yes. wedding. Yeah, all <laughs> up in each other's business. But then you have that mystical side, that spiritual side that, you know, that would read the coffee and, and believe that they could actually tell what was going on in your home that, that is very fascinating to me. So, I mean, I want to talk a little bit about that today. Well, it takes, you know, Eventually, Americans will be living in a culture that's been going on for a thousand years or two thousand years, and then their culture will have stand the test of time, whatever whatever makes it through those times, and that will be the strong parts of the culture. But the Greek culture is an ancient <coughs> culture, and modern Greek culture still has a lot of things that have come from that those times. And so, if you happen to be uh, from that lineage, then yes, it's been. The things that have stand the test of time in in the Greek culture that are still doing makes our makes our lives full and rich and fun and loud and like you said up in each other's business sometimes <laughs> and all those things. But uh, you know we have a Greek mother here, so that's that's stand the test of time too, <laughs> right? So you know. Well, I, I've been in California about 25 years, but I grew up in Massachusetts. <coughs> And I always felt I had the best of both worlds because I realized I had my Greek friends, my Greek community, my Greek church. My dad was a bazooki player in the band. So I had my Greek life. Of course he was. (laughs) Of course he was. (laughs) But we didn't own the restaurant. But uh, I had my Greek life and I had my American life. And I always felt I had the best of both worlds. Oh, now that's interesting. You felt like you were on a little, like two paths to some degree? Yes. Like you checked in with one and then checked out and went into the other one? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm everybody who knows me, they're considered half Greek just by uh, just association. Just by their association. Because you. when you get me, you get the Greek life, and people love it, and I love it. So You love sharing that? Sure. Okay. All right. John, what about you? Did you grow up Greek? I grew up very <laughs> Greek. and um, Of course you did. One of, one of Actually, growing up Greek kind of saved me because oh. uh, as I was growing up, going through school, there were a lot of uh, homogenous families who really didn't have a lot of connection to their ethnic background. That's kind of what I was describing, yeah. And uh, having grown up with Greek customs and traditions and Greek food and all that, it actually gave me a a self-identity. And that's a place that I could always go back to and stand my ground and be who I am. Beautiful. And uh, I find that a lot of people who don't have that connection to their ethnic background uh, in some ways, they're kind of lost. They're, they're always looking for something to belong to. That is true, yep. yeah. I, I, I sense that 
I, se- I sense that a lot in my own childhood because there was never, th- well, we had a small family to begin with, so there was never that wider sense of community that you could tap into if it wasn't your neighborhood or if it wasn't your own church group that you that you made or created. But that next tie, that ethnic tie, that um, cultural tie, seems to be so, so endearing to those of us on the outside looking in, really. Um, did it influence you to go on into Greek dancing, this cultural experience you had as a child? It, it actually did. Uh, I, Greeks are one of the few groups, ethnic groups, uh, in the world that actually still dance as part of their life. They, it's not just during a holiday or it's not just at a wedding. They, they do this in their homes. They do this at festivals, at weddings, at baptisms. They're, they're just spontaneous. It's, it's part of who they are. So uh, I grew up Greek and I grew up dancing. I mean, I remember as a, as a, a young teenager, uh, every once in a while growing up in San Diego, a, a Navy naval vessel would come in, in into port, and the first thing that these Navy uh, sailors. Uh, sailors would do is they'd go to the Greek church on Sunday, and <coughs> my my mother would always invite a handful of them after church to come over to our house for for lunch, and after the customary questions of you know who who are you where have you been you know what do you do what are your how about your parents where do they live and all that that all up in your business piece yep. <laughs> that all up in your business piece <laughs> she would get out the uh, phonograph turn on the the record player clear the living room floor mm-hmm. and she would have them and us dancing just for the heck of it oh, that is fascinating to me i like knowing that it's you know not just a, a holiday that you do but this is something that's important to everyday life yeah. My friends from high school used to love coming over to my house. I didn't always like coming over to my house because <laughs> uh, there was eight people living in a four-bedroom house because my grandparents lived there, <laughs> my three siblings, and it was very loud, and there was always lots of food and always lots of good company. No privacy, but sometimes they had too much privacy at their house, and so they used to love to come over. And When me and my siblings would go to summer camp, one time one of my friends came over and my mom said, oh... They're at summer camp, and he said, I know, but it's there's nothing going on in my house, so I thought I'd just come on hang out over here. <laughs> there's always something going on over <laughs> here, which is which is a good thing most of the time, you know. Probably, yes. Uh, so, Irene, a Greek mom, can you talk to me a little bit oh about boy, oh what boy, that oh experience boy. is like? A Greek mom. Well, I see myself as a mom, but if you ask Spiro and Caroline McKids, they'll tell you I'm a Greek mom, I guess. What, what comes with being a Greek mom? She's is my mom at, listening right now? <laughs> I want to make sure my mom doesn't. I tell guess me. they say I'm I'm loud. Am I loud? I guess I'm maybe. Um, I'm I am a, a loving person. I love my children to pieces, like you know I would help most parents do. Lots of love w- combined with lots of smothering. I think so. And sometimes you get smothered even when you're an adult. So I think so. Be careful. Don't take your uh, Greek mom to college with you because because <laughs> she'll go I with you. Go. She'll go with <laughs> you if you let her. <laughs> and, and she'll ask the first. She'll ask if she can get a dorm room well, right next to yours. Well, when I f- I f- came here in '88 and I I actually came here to go to law school, and I met John the first month, and then before you know it, you know, 25 years later, here we are. But um, this opportunity about 10 years ago, there was an opportunity to start a church, and. Um, we, John and I jumped on it, and uh, we've been involved ever since. But one of the, the big benefits of it was having my kids involved. I never wanted my kids to be couch potatoes. 
So I've taken the leadership role, and John has, out of love for God and joy of the community. But my kids see that now. My kids are very involved in the youth programs and participating along with all the other friends. So they actually have given them their Greek life and their English life, what I had. At the same time. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's beautiful. Um, I want to go back, if I could, just a little bit to the dancing. So John Bezdakis, Greek Dance Institute, this is what you do um, for a living. You teach dancing. You are a performer, a director, choreographer. Tell me a little bit about that. How does that work into our moms bringing their kids, Greek moms bringing their kids to do Greek dancing, to learn the traditional dances, or is this part of the culture they want to maybe pass that on to their kids? How's that working out? Well, what's interesting is that, uh, as I said a little bit earlier, you, you really can't, se- in, in the Greek culture, you can't separate the dance from the food from the, the religion. And nice. uh, obviously growing up, having the Greek dance as part of my life, uh, when I moved up to uh, the Long Beach area, starting off my life, I uh, needed to, to do something. So I found this place this, back in the 70s. Greek dance, uh, folk dancing was huge. Okay. It was very, very popular. It's like disco. Right. And uh, so I started going to this dance center and learning even more Greek dances. And before you know it, I joined the dance group there, the performing dance group. And uh, from there, I started getting calls to from Greek dance groups to direct and choreograph them for uh, for exhibition and competition. And uh, f- from that, it went to teaching uh, adult beginners Greek dancing where uh, you know, 80%, 90% of them weren't even Greek. Right. It's just pe- there's there's something about Greek dancing that just people connect to. Uh, maybe it's that whole what is life kind of a thing that uh, Zorba kind of exuded. But it, it, I think also it's, it's a connection to our earth and uh, it being folk music, folk dancing, there's, a, there's something that goes way, way back in our past that uh, allows us to to have folk music and folk dance be a connection to our roots. Okay. And people have an affinity for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's so much passion that comes through moving the body anyway and being able to move it by day and not just by night is kind of <laughs> nice. Um, tell me a little bit about Zorba. I know that's a characteristic, you know, Greek oh. cultural... Uh, person that people identify with so tell us about him. What, what's interesting is that before wor- World War II Greece really wasn't a destination. It wasn't a place that people wanted to go on their on their vacations but something happened right after the, w- the war was over and uh, it, these two movies came out Zorba the Greek and Never on Sunday and the the music the movies they they created a, a feeling or a sensation that made people from all over the world want to go visit Greece and experience it. Whether it was in the tavernas or whether it was, uh, you know, the food or just the what is life kind of a thing. Because one of the things about Greeks is that they live life in the present. Uh, They don't live it in the future and usually not in the past, unless uh, it's a Greek grandma trying to give you the guilt (laughs) trip. But um, anyways... This this book had come out. It was a big hit. It's called Zorba the Greek, and uh, they made a movie out of it. And uh, the music was revolutionary at the time, uh, compared to the the Greek music before that. 
So it created a, 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 a huge change, an ocean of change that made people want to come and visit, and uh, Greek dancing certainly accommodated that. Ah, oh, beautiful. Okay. Yeah cultural icon. Okay, so if you're just tuning in, this is Real People OC, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin, and we are talking today about the uh, San Juan Capistrano Greek Festival that's coming up on uh, Saturday, September 21st. So we wanted to make sure we got a lot of time to touch on all of the wonderful things that are going to be at this Greek cultural celebration. If you want to find out more about the festival, it is SJC greekfest.org and I have with me today in the studio I have uh, Father Bill Tregas and John Bastakis with his lovely wife Irene organizers of the um, of the festival and they're just sharing with us a lot about Greek culture today a lot of things fascinate me and uh, some of them you know I don't think we can quite capture it all in an hour if we tried but um, I have a couple questions for you Father Bill yes because I don't know a lot about <coughs> the Greek um, the Greek Orthodox Church, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a couple you know rather naive questions. But um, are you married? I am married. You are married, okay? Because you look ju- like I'm Catholic, okay? So he <coughs> looks just like a Catholic priest to me. But I haven't heard you chime in and talk about your your family yet. So <laughs> yep. I was like, okay, d- can you be married and still wear I'm that white yeah, collar yes, with yes. your black suit? <coughs> <coughs> yes, and uh, you just gotta be careful that you're, you know, not walking down holding your wife's hand in a Catholic neighborhood, you know, with your <laughs> with your uniform on because you really confuse <laughs> a lot of folks. People will really freak out because <laughs> I, I came from St. Sophia Cathedral, which is in the middle of downtown Los Angeles, in the corner of Pico and Normandy, and sometimes I'd be, you know, not realizing I'm holding my wife's hand walking down the street or, you know, hugging her or something and people would be thinking, Hey, what's going on here? He looks Greek to me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, but uh, I have three children. Three boys, Thomas, William, and Matthew. They're all under six. And another one on the way. So, yeah, we have a family, and I think it's a good thing. Uh, helps me relate to other families that are in the church and all the things and stresses they're going to. I, I can definitely relate to those things. Okay. All right. Good. Now, so when I lived in Australia uh, several years ago, I was very lucky that I fell into the Greek community. That was who embraced me when I was there. And I was so, I felt so pleased and really taken care of, but I learned so many things from, from the Greek ladies that I, even I was into my, I was having my second child and the things that they just intuitively knew that had been passed on through generations that they shared with each other, it was it was amazing to me to see that, you know, you don't have to go to a doctor if you know a Greek, couple Greek families because they can diagnose you or they can tell you whatever it is that you've got and yep. how to fix it. And, sure. And you never have to see a doctor. But uh, it was really, um, to me, that is what you have is this sense of community. Let's talk a little bit about those ties that bind all of you. Well, can we? I just have a question. Didn't you know that all diseases can be cured by either chamomile tea, <laughs> Greek yogurt, <laughs> Or a little bit of ouzo. Probably. Well, the ouzo, <laughs> I certainly tried that one out. <laughs> and I, I, I've only ended my relationship with a couple of cocktails, and I have to say, I think ouzo is on that list. <laughs> I, I have a joke that I told someone. They didn't know I was joking. I said, did you know that all uh, Greek children, when they're born, are autom- automatically born with an MD? 
And they just looked at me and said, because they have a cure for everything. <laughs> you don't have to go to the doctor. <laughs> so It's true, but there are some traditions that somewhere along the line we've lost, and yet the culture seems to hold on to them better and share them and proliferate them really into the future generations, which I think is so critical. But that's another thing I, you know, when I sit here and, you know, lament about my childhood. Sorry, Mom. Um, we, you know, we didn't necessarily have those those places to turn to that sense of community so that's something that you really have that you share and mm-hmm. um, I want to hear maybe a little bit about um, how you're going to share that on uh, Greek Fest Day. Well I mean the first thing is that the Greek Festival is going to be run by families and so it won't just be the adults from our parish you'll see everyone from the six-year-olds who are going to be presenting their Greek dance to our teenagers to our senior citizens and when you do that they're going to do it with a certain charisma because they're going to be very happy and uh, excited about sharing their culture with them. And we're hoping that people come and experience uh, a taste of Greece in, in terms of the food and, and pastries. And you can't really get these kind of pastries in a store. You know, I mean, there's a few stores maybe, but this is going to be a full Greek menu with many different pastries. And they'll be able to taste some wines and Greek beers, but then they'll also be able to sort of feel the energy by the music the live music, uh, you know, the bazooki and the, and the singers. and What is a bazooki? Is that an instrument? You wanna that is uh, an instrument that probably John knows more about, but uh, it looks similar to a guitar, but it has a round bass, almost like a bowl-looking uh, thing at the end of it, and doesn't sound like a gu- guitar. It has a unique sound that I think most people are familiar with when they hear Greek music. That's one of the instruments that people usually associate Greek music with. Uh, and, you know, people will just get up and dance. It's funny. At a Greek festival, even though we have dance classes that John's going to be teaching, if you if you haven't spo- uh, danced Greek before, he's here to help you learn. But I think the music just kind of takes hold of you, and you get the rhythm, and people just get out there, and they're just having a great time because they're doing a form of dancing that they don't usually do. Mm-hmm. And I think it just brings the whole celebration to uh, a level that... I think they would like. You know, my growing up and even now, my non-Greek friends love coming to events that we go to or that church host because anyone can dance Greek. Anyone. So you don't have to go with a date or a friend. You can just join the line, hold someone's hand, and dance. And as John will tell you when he teaches Greek dance, don't look down. If you look up, nobody sees your mistakes, and you'll have fun doing it. So Greek dancing, anybody can participate in. That's one of the fun things about Greek dancing is that you don't need a partner and you don't uh, need to actually even know anybody because it's all line dancing. You can just walk in, join the line, start dancing. And and what also is nice about it is that you're actually touching each other. You're either holding hands or you're holding shoulders. So um, where where can you find that kind of experience where you can be by yourself, go walk up to a total stranger and start dancing without having to introduce yourself or without having to uh, feel that there's an obligation with somebody. Very nice, very nice. So do you, do you anticipate that uh, adults, seniors, and of all ages, children will get out and do these line dances? Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. There's there's a, one of my uh, experiences way back uh, when I was at going to this dance center, there was this old 80-year-old uh, Greek man and he, he was he was almost iconic in the sense that he 
he uh, he was bald. He used to wear this uh, Greek sailor's cap that's pretty familiar with uh, a lot of people. A big white walrus mustache. And he was out there dancing Greek along with the rest of them. Yeah. And so one day, uh, some of <coughs> Americans who had come to the center had out, and they, he used to be called Papu. Papu in Greek means uh, grandpa. So they walked up to Papu and they said, you know, you're here, you are 80 years old. How can you keep dancing? I mean, how, how do you even have the ability to Greek dance? And uh, I happened to be standing next to him when he responded. And he said, you know, ever since I was a kid, I've lived by this this certain philosophy. And they said, well, what is that? He says that it, that uh, the dancing is for the body and the music is for the soul. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah. And he says, that's been my life ever since. So guess what? That's been my life ever since. That's beautiful that you took that on as your mantra. Now, as your role as a director, you've done some pretty interesting things. I want you to toot your own horn for a little bit here. I'm looking at your bio, and, um, you know, it says here tens of thousands of people have seen exhibition groups that were directed by you, but I want to touch on that a little bit. Can you toot your own horn, or do we need somebody else to do that for you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Actually, I... I started out as a, as a performer. Uh, then uh, I started directing Greek exhibition dance groups, and at one time I had three uh, all at the same time. Back in those days, and I think even to today, most Greek dance groups are based out of Greek churches. Oh, that's right. Okay. And uh, at the time I had uh, dance groups from San Diego to Los Angeles that, that were all uh, exhibition groups. They eventually went into competition where there was a, uh, an annual competition very similar to the Olympics, but only for Greek dancing. And uh, I won just about every honor you could possibly think of. Um, and once there was nothing else left to win, I went into teaching. Oh, beautiful. And so uh, uh, my passion now is to do outreach and to teach as many people as possible about Greek uh, dancing, give them a little flavor of uh, some of the savory tidbits about traditions and historicals and where some of the dances come from. And uh, it's amazing. A lot of people, once they are exposed to that, they really develop the passion that people who who grow up Greek have, and and here they are. They're not Greek, and they've they developed this passion. And they actually continue on with it. So one of the things that we talked about in preparing for this interview, and I think it might have actually, well, I don't know if it was you, John, or if it was you, Father <coughs> Bill, talked about that strong tie of dance to the spiritual community and to the spiritual life of of members of the church. So can we talk a little bit about? That's the history behind spiritual dance, and well, John knows more about the spiritual dance uh, and the history of that. Being Greek Orthodox is something that a Greek Orthodox Christian, if you grew up or you converted to the church, it's something that is in all aspects of your life. And so, when you go to Greece, you know, obviously, you don't have to go to a church or a center to be Greek or see your Greek friends because here in Greece and there's a church on every corner and there's a coffee house on every corner and even if you miss church uh, the priest will be at the coffee house later <laughs> and you'll be sitting with him and so everything is sort of all combined together and there isn't so much this 
uh, idea, this very Western idea of everything in compartments in your life, <coughs> excuse me, and everything, you know, has a, a time and place. And so, as we said before, uh, they didn't, I haven't said on the show yet, but when you eat your uh, American plate of food, the the chicken doesn't touch the peas, and the peas doesn't don't the peas don't touch the uh, mashed potatoes. But when you eat a Greek meal, we take a big piece of phyllo dough and put all the ingredients in there, <laughs> wrap it up all together, and cook it, and eat it all together. And so, uh, dance is one of the ministries of our church. We have our youth coming. Uh, to participate in learning how to dance and competing once a year. Uh, and they have to do an outreach project. They have to attend our school, our catechetical school on Sundays to learn about the faith. They have to uh, attend um, uh, the Divine Liturgy, our, our Sunday service, uh, as uh, something that is important as well as learning Greek dance. And so... Um, just like in high school when you join a sport and you have to get a certain GPA and go to class. So we're helping develop our children through the Greek dance ministry because they're excited about it. They want to do it. They have tons of energy. And so they don't want to just sit around all day and chant. Uh, people think I do that. but um, So they get to move and dance and learn, and they get to be part of the community, and they get to understand that it's also being part of the church and part of the, the families that attend there. And and the outreach is to let them understand that through the Greek dance program, we have an obligation to do outreach to not just our own people, but uh, to people outside the community. So they'll choo- each dance team will choose a charity or an outreach project that they'll organize and, and do. And so I'm very happy with the Greek dance. And now with the Greek festival, these kids are going to get to not just dance on a stage in a competition which is a very uh very competitive situation and the teams are very good they compete against but this is going to be more uh joyous dancing even though they're going to be doing the dances they've learned there's no competition it's going to be live music and uh there's going to be a big crowd the crowd's going to be you know 10 feet from where they're standing so I think people are really going to feel that our, when they see our children dance and, and dressed up in those costumes, and the costumes are fantastic, and I think people will really get a taste of what it's like to be uh, Greek and grow up in a Greek family and how dance and, and the church and food and everything is all rolled into one. And I think that's probably one of the things that makes uh, the Greek culture very exciting to people who come to visit either at a Greek festival or go to visit Greece or where, however they encounter it. And go ahead, John. Yeah, there's uh, in the Bible there actually is, is reference to <coughs> Greek dance, not the Greek dance, but just dance. Uh, well, actually, the w- Greeks probably think it's Greek dance. But <laughs> Greeks not really, yeah, exactly. They'd probably say, "Look, see here, they're doing, they're doing a Zimbeki club dance here." You know, it doesn't say it, but they probably are. <laughs> so it, and in fact, uh, in, in every Greek wedding. There's a uh, there's a section of the ceremony where the priest, along with the uh, best man or best woman, and the wedding couple, the bride and groom, will go around th- the uh, altar table. The altar table three times, and that's re- referred to as a dance. Yes, that's referred to as the dance of Isaiah. So uh, there's, as I said, you can't separate. The, the music from the the religion and, and and the food it's all just all put together like father said in a, a you know a roll of filo dough in one big wrapped up yep okay 
Um, so some of those dances, are you going to be, are there, are, is it going to be live music? I know you'll have live music all, pretty much all day. You have um, some live music performance. You want to tell us about your music performers? Uh, well, we have hired uh, a pretty well-known um, uh, group of musicians. I don't know if they actually have a name, but <coughs> we have uh, Taikis Stathulis and Alex Galas uh, both coming. Alex plays the bazooki and Taiki sings, and they'll be accompanied by uh, other musicians. They both uh, have their own CDs. They, re they record Greek music. They perform at weddings and, and Greek festivals and, and small concerts and things like that. And so they're really exciting because they engage the crowd. And so, you know, people will walk up to the Greek festival, and of course, they're going to see, you know, our vendors and they're going to smell the food. <coughs> but before they even get up to the front door, they're going to hear the music, and I think they're going to be attracted right away to it. And that will be part of the joy. I mean, this is a joyous event. And, you know, in the Greek Orthodox Church, which one thing I love about our church is that, uh, you know, it's it's a time where we we have sorrow in our church, and there's a time when people bring their issues and their problems, and there are obviously times when people pass away and families come. Uh, but there's also uh, times for joy and excitement and this is the joyous part of our church community uh, that we're celebrating life and celebrating uh, our Greek culture and our church and our community and God and all the blessings that we've been given and so people are going to get a sense of that because as John has said that's sort of ingrained in you from the time you're a child if you grow up in a Greek household and even if you didn't we have many converts to our church but the <laughs> oh, point is is they're question. the I point is that they're that. they're converts and so when you convert to something you say to yourself I and most of them are from American uh, style churches evangelical or Protestant churches uh, and they come because they like the rich uh, Greek Orthodox faith the word Orthodox actually means the right glory. Doxa means glory. So orthodox means the right uh, glory of God. And so everything we do in the church is to glorify God and, and just remember that we thank him for the blessings he's given us. And so people who convert, they convert to being part of a more traditional uh, Christian denomination. But they're also converting to a community that the church isn't just on Sundays and, and, and during <coughs> ministry programs, but the church is everywhere. I mean, when someone opens up a restaurant in our community, and, and we have a few, uh, <laughs> they invite the priest, okay? Uh, one of our sponsors, A's Burgers, which everybody knows in San Juan Capistrano, burned down a year ago. They had a grand opening, and they had all their customers come, but they called the priest, and they asked the priest to come and do a blessing. And uh, I came with holy water, and I did the prayers and uh, sprinkled the the um, restaurant and all the people that were there uh, with holy water and most of them were not Greek uh, and so this is how we are we want the we want the church and God to be present in our businesses and our life everywhere and so uh, this is something that I think helps develop you as a person and of course young people need an identity so when you're a teenager and you're searching for an identity and trying to make your own statement as a generation and every generation has their own things. Uh, this is something that keeps people grounded and solid and connected to family. And so I'm really happy that we're having a Greek festival because they're really family events. It's not the type of thing where, you know, you get majority of single people coming and they're all hanging out in some area and, and you know, drinking a lot of drinks and trying to pick up each other. It's more like everyone's coming to celebrate uh, 
and, and be part of this uh, Greek culture and community. Right. So you'll see families there with each other and they'll be um, communing, really, mm-hmm. especially if the, I mean, yeah. that's what I love about the whole dance part where you said this was just a part of your being. It wasn't ever something you could separate out. It was such a huge part movement and and how important that is, whether it be just for your physical life or your spiritual life. Um, it's fascinating. One of the things I've enjoyed is looking over your list of sponsors because there were so many restaurants on here that I didn't <laughs> know were Greek. And I'm, we I'm, do food. Like you said, the A's restaurant, but you have um, you have uh, Taste of Greece, and yes. I, you know, obviously that one's pretty obvious. But Ted's in Laguna Niguel, I wouldn't yep. have known that was Greek. But oh, I yeah. love driving through Ted's. I was so thankful. There's something. You know, in Laguna, that's just not a you know a traditional fast food restaurant. And yeah, um, that's because Ted is there every day cooking the food, and he. Uh, I saw an article that he has on his wall there, which says uh, this isn't really fast food. You might get it quickly, but but it isn't. It's made by a Greek guy and a Greek family who makes sure that uh, you are fed well and you are fed with very high quality, good tasting food. So, right. Uh, and I mean, so that was fun. I mean, you have um, you have uh, is Capri Laguna is that Greek restaurant in Laguna Beach? It's actually a boutique hotel. Right oh, okay. on the water. Yes, and they're owned by uh, a Greek family, the Callens family, and um, they're supporting our church and our Greek festival. I think they have a little restaurant there, too, <coughs> and they have a really cute little kind of boutique hotel. It's on the beach, and, uh, you know, people should check it out, actually, if they're going down to Laguna Beach. But then there's then there's Bravo Bravo's Burgers and Ace Burgers, which you mentioned, yep. which, um, you know, have... You know, a couple locations down in yeah. South. I think if you eat a, a cheeseburger in San Juan Capistrano, there's like a mm-hmm. 75% chance it was cooked by a Greek person. <laughs> I, th- I find that funny. Why is that? I s- did, like, so we didn't, America didn't invent the hamburger. It was a Greek <laughs> meal to begin with? Or what, <laughs> what is that? Yeah, you know, I think you might have invented it, but I think uh, we might have perfected it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course. Ace <laughs> Burgers has the best zucchini. What do you call them? Zucchini? Just a fried zucchini. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. Yeah, I got to enjoy those the other They're day. Amazing. Well, that's actually part of our culture, you know. Um, the food, it's part the of food, the Greek the culture food. to to have something of your own and take pride in it in terms of your vocation, and that's why so many Greeks own their own small businesses because it was part of our culture. And um, wherever they have gone, my wife's family was Greek, but from Turkey, and when they got kicked out of Turkey, uh, most of them owned a small business of some sort that and took pride in what they did. And when they went to some went to Greece and some made it to America, some Australia, as you obviously know. They went and they did what they knew, and they knew that they could work with their hands and, and their minds and produce something of quality and, and, and take pride in it and have, have their family offer that to the community. And so food is something that we, we do very well too, and it's part of our family culture to have a business and, and make a money that way through the local community by offering something that we feel is unique and right. they take pride in. Right. Well, and I, ironically, the people that I knew, I, th- I guess that were Greek, I met them because they were restaurant tours and no in Australia. So I'm not, I'm not surprised. We, we frequented a place called George's and yes. oh my gosh, I was so happy when they'd pull out the real stuff and <laughs> sit us down in the back and let us eat family style with their kids. And yeah. I mean, it was fabulous. If you're, if anybody, you know, um, locally here, you have in Costa Mesa Greek Town Grill too, so they're yep. also a sponsor of your event. Yes. So I mean, the food is a huge part of um, why anybody yes. would want to go to this. I'm looking at some of these um, uh, foods that are mentioned on here that are traditionally Greek, the gyros that we spoke of before. But what is like what is souvlaki? I don't even know. 
Uh, a souvla is like a skewer, and so it's something that's cooked on uh, some kind of a steak or a skewer. So uh, souvlaki is meat, meat that we're going to marinate, uh-huh. and we're going to cook on a grill. Uh, and we actually have Outback Outback um, Steakhouse in, uh, I don't think it's Laguna Niguel. We're borrowing their giant grill, so <laughs> they're re- I want to thank you to them too because this thing can cook a lot of food. Uh, all at once and so we're gonna be cooking lamb chops uh, the little baby lamb chops um, shish kebabs um, Greek sausage out on a grill and uh, if that doesn't bring you in from from where you are nothing will and of course we're gonna have the traditional things like baklava uh, and that would be a Greek dessert with the chopped nuts and phyllo dough marinated uh, chickens people can get a dinner with a half chicken or a very large uh, spanikopita and tiropita, which is like a cheese or a spinach, you know, pie. And um, I don't know, there's just a lot on the menu. And uh, we're going to try to make it uh, as reasonable as possible as well. We decided to make it free to come into the <coughs> Greek festival. A lot of times you have to pay to go to a Greek festival. But, you know, the economy's down right now, and, and I think people want to go out, and they, they cannot just keep spending and spending. And so it's free to come in and... Um, That's amazing. We decided to keep our prices as low as possible. Mm-hmm. It's not the cheapest food to buy and prepare, so it's, you know, obviously... Because it's whole, you know, yeah, fresh food. and expensive ingredients, but it's going to be not much more than what it would cost you to go to just a regular lunch at a fast mm-hmm. food restaurant, so... If you're willing to pay a couple dollars more and get something that's been, you know, homemade by uh, Greek people who've made these recipes for a long time, you can come and get something really unique and, and really tasty. They can also take out food to go. We're going to have lots of containers and uh, people that can't stay, they can put their order in and take it to go. Ah, very lovely. Well, you have a really interesting offer for those folks in North County. Um, you've partnered with um, OCTA. I want to hear a little bit about the train ride you can take to get down there. Right. The OCTA tries to find a destination every month that you can get to by their trains in order to promote public transportation. And so they are having a kickoff celebration, I believe, in the Irvine station uh, with music and food. I think they're giving out free food and free music uh, in the morning around 9 o'clock. And the 50, 50 people, the first 50 people, get a free train pass to San Juan Capistrano. Uh, we are providing free transportation all day long from the train station in downtown San Juan Capistrano to our Greek festival and back. So even if people just drive down and park their car down or they take the train down to San Juan Capistrano, if if they go near the train station, they can take the free shuttle uh, back and forth. And the OCTA was really kind to advertise our Greek festival and their train station on their buses. So uh, we've teamed up with big them. Sh- big shout out to them for yeah. their efforts. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's it's really wonderful and a nice lady. Her name is Nora. I can't pronounce her last name. She's Armenian. See, oh. see, you say you can't pronounce a Greek name, but I oh, think yeah. Ar- Armenian <laughs> might even be tougher. Okay, <laughs> but you didn't have to say that on air. But I have let you do all the tough <laughs> stuff. That's for sure. <laughs> but she was really kind, and she helped put together some of the the marketing material. And I think they're they're excited about it too. I bet, I bet. Well, um, so you have s- you have a couple more interesting sponsors that are out there, but they're all really they're all community members from your church that have really pitched together. Irene, you could probably talk a little bit about this. Well, you know what? It, it's uh, interesting when you put an event like this on. Like I said, it takes a lot of people to come together, and our community, our parishioners, local businesses have been very supportive, um, helping us out so that when we do this festival 
and it's going to be successful. We'll do it for many years to come. And as we grow, so won't our exposure. And but we really want to thank the people from um, from our parishioners to our businesses who have uh, stood up there and helped support this event. We have people underwriting the food. We have people contributing the time, uh, the vehicles, whatever they can do to help us. Uh, it, it's greatly appreciated. Good, and we, good. Uh, we're very lucky to have. And the we want to we want to make sure people, if they want more information about the festival and the sponsors, I'm going to give the website out again it's um sjcgreekfest.org and um it's it's actually not held right in the downtown area it's held over at the capistrano business center in san juan capistrano so that's important yep. mm-hmm. and that's um, a real it's a real pretty business center it's not real businessy looking it's got lots of palm trees and nice buildings and it's actually uh, we needed more room there wasn't enough room in the downtown, in the downtown area, area to put all these kitchens and bands and all these things and so we're very thankful for uh, the people, the uh, Capuchano Business Center, for putting uh, up that yeah, space for, for you. giving us the space to have the Greek festival. And actually, that's why they're kind of one of our sponsors as well. They're also our landlords. But uh, is that know, where the church is then located? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The church is located there too. So we'll have church tours, church tours. a couple times a day, so people can come in and, and ask questions about our Byzantine art, uh, the icons that are in there, and the theological uh, um, references behind those paintings and they can ask also about our services and just get general information about the Greek Orthodox Church and you can also uh, go out of the church tour and go right back into the festival. <coughs> so the because you're so close you can go in and see a really interesting collection mm-hmm. of Byzantine art that mm-hmm. the church houses? Okay. Yep. Oh, tell me about how the church came into that. That's probably an interesting story or is that pretty typical for every Greek church? Uh, all the Greek churches have icons their paintings, uh, their Byzantine-style paintings, and there's a whole reasoning behind all that. It would probably take a whole show, but uh, if they come to the Greek festival, I will be explaining Greek iconography or Byzantine iconography and um, how they're used in the church and explain to them the difference between art and uh, an icon uh, as something you use in a service uh, for the glorification of God and... and, uh, in a prayer service or a liturgy. So so I had asked the question earlier, but I'll ask it again. N- you don't have to be Greek to be Greek Orthodox. Is that true? You That's true. Aside from the joy you get from confusing the Catholics, um, <laughs> walking up and down the street with your wife, I'm just curious what um, some of this, the, the subtle differences are that might um, attract somebody to the Greek Orthodox Church that they wouldn't otherwise know about if they're not Greek? Uh, well, the services themselves are very beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, they're chanted. Uh, the whole service is chanted? Most of the services is chanted by a combination of a choir, a uh, Greek Byzantine chanter, and the priest, besides the readings and the sermon, which I think, you know, you read uh, from the Bible and you obviously give a sermon. And um, the church themselves are very beautiful people, the words, uh, the prayers that are read in a Greek Orthodox service are beautiful theological prayers, but over time, the way they've been written, it's almost poetic. And so, because these words are so beautiful and so meaningful to us, that we must sing them and not just say them. And uh, people will come, and and they can come to our services, too. So we have many people who are converting to the Greek Orthodox Church who are coming uh, from another church. They might be uh, Lutheran or Protestant or Evangelical or 
something maybe we, you know Baptist and they're finding the Greek Orthodox Church and they like the rich traditional uh, style of of Christianity and so they're coming. When I was a kid, people only came into the church usually through marriage, and uh, you know we were a little more ethnocentric because we came to this country as economic refugees. The church did not come as a mission here because the the people got here before the church okay. and they brought their church with Interesting them. Interesting distinction. Yeah, they brought their church with them. It was so important that they, they, they brought their church with them. And when they did that, they didn't understand American culture because they came to where other Greek people were so they can work and find work and Greek communities were started. And... Um, and so when you married someone who I always crack up, which we would call a Xeni or a Xenos, which means foreigner, when you, when, you know, I used to joke around with my mom because she used to say, uh, you know, uh, you're going to go out with your Greek friends tonight or your American friends? And I used to lean into her and whisper and go, shh, don't tell anyone we're American. <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we are American and Greeks love America, you know, but um uh, that happened and so the church came and so people came usually through marriage they met a greek man or woman and fell in love and once there was a ring on your finger they actually existed and were uh brought <laughs> to everybody before that you kind of only partly existed i see and then uh you kind of became involved with the greek community and now uh enough time has gone by where um our communities are mixed we have you know probably 70% of our marriages are marriages to a Greek Orthodox person to a non-Greek Orthodox person. And because we've established a church here and a community here, people are able to come and not have to feel like they're walking into some kind of ethnocentric community. But even though it's Greek Orthodox Christianity, because uh, we're under the Greek Orthodox patriarch, that it's for them because the Greek Orthodox faith is supposed to reach out and open its doors to the local community of where it is on earth. Right. How, how big would you say your Greek community is here in Orange County? Anybody uh, know the numbers? Well, uh, are, there, are there multiple Greek churches? In Orange County, that's a good way to maybe yes. measure? You know, St. Paul's Greek Orthodox Church is a very large Greek Orthodox Church, and I'm sure they have probably, you know, five to eight hundred families easy. <laughs> Um, we're new. At St. Basil. I, yeah, that's at St. Basil's. Uh, we just named our church last year. We were just called the Greek Orthodox Mission till last year, and we finally named our church St. Basil's. Irene's been here from the beginning. I've been here for, I'm the first full-time priest uh, who lives in the community that they've had. I've been here for two and a half years. So now we have about 100 to 125 uh, families. And so and I think the church is growing quickly because when I came here, they had about... 65 to 70, you know, families that were very involved. And so things are going good and people are coming into our church. And Wonderful. One of the things that I also wanted to interject here is that um, even though there's other Greek churches and they're all part of the diocese, what, what makes St. Basil's so unique uh, and, and, and actually attracts people to the, to the church, whether it's transplanted Greek Orthodoxes, uh, or whether it's uh, just people looking to find a, a spiritual home, is is just the the uh, there's a there's a Greek word called philoxenia. Philoxenia. And basically, that's interpreted as friend to strangers. Mm, nice. And uh, w one of the one of the customs or traditions of the of the Greek people is that um, they're always a friend to the stranger. And when when 
people first come to the church, whether a visitor or, or, or as a previous member of a Greek church, the one thing that they instantly notice at St. Basil's is this just warmth and, and friendship and welcoming. Very and nice. this is something that uh, not very many churches have. And it's, it's it, 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 even amongst the Greeks, we've, we've heard that where they've gone to the Greek churches and uh, there's just something very, very special about this community. So, um, I'm about to make you my yeah. deacon. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Well, it's a wonderful way of it's a wonderful way of putting it. We're drawing down on our time for today, but I love the way this uh, Greek festival is really an extension of what you just said, John. That extending the hand and extending the warmth, and really spilling out into your local community and sharing it with them in such a beautiful way. It sounds like it's going to be a wonderfully engaging event and. I am personally looking very forward to attending. So we're going to um, say goodbye for now yes. and um, say until maybe we get to see you again on Saturday the 21st and meet some of your community members. But we're going to draw out with a little piece of music. Can you tell us a little bit about that music? I'm sure we'll hear a lot of this style music. That w- I think we'd put on the Zorba piece. This is the from the soundtrack Zorba the Greek, the movie uh, that came out back in the in the 50s and really put Greece on the map. This, this has a uh, ability to touch people's emotions and buttons and um, uh, kind of almost give them the, the, the toe tapping and, and the, uh, the little emotional uh, pitter-patter that um, uh, draws them to what makes Greek music and Greek traditions uh, unique. Wonderful. Well, I thank you everybody for coming today and for being here to share us a little bit of a slice of Orange County Greek culture. Yes. So thank you, thank you, Kim. Yes, thank you for being here. All right, that's it for today. We'll be back with you next week, and uh, looking forward to seeing you all at the. Um, well, I know I'll be I'll be heading out to see you guys on Saturday the twenty first. That's good. wonderful. Bye now.